0: Today's episode of the BS Podcast brought to you by SeatGeek. That's our presenting sponsor since 1983. Find the best tickets for sporting events, music, wrestling, opera, March Madness, you name it. What better way to grab bargain tickets for NHL and NBA teams that are already out of the running like Larry Wilmore's Lakers. Yes. Great seats available on SeatGeek for the Lakers right now. I have SeatGeek (laughs) on my phone. By far the easiest way to shop for the best tickets Thanks to their revolutionary grading system. Try it out. Download the SeatGeek app today or go right to SeatGeek.com. We are also brought to you by No Man's Land. That's the latest great book by number one New York Times bestselling author David Baldacci. If you like intrigue, mystery, plenty of fast-paced killer thrills. Sounds like the the country right now. I know. This is an absolute must-read. John Puller has long been haunted by his mother's disappearance, but the truth may destroy him in No Man's Land. The AP calls it action-packed, thought-provoking. Revenge or Redemption, No Man's Land, now available in trade, paperback, and look for The Fix, the new Memory Man novel by David Baldacci, coming in April. And finally, we're brought to you by the Ring NFL Show. That's where you can find Mike Lombardi's new weekly podcast, GM Street, co-hosted by that dude right there, Tate Frazier, every Thursday during the NFL's offseason. Subscribe now wherever you get podcasts. And if you like the Sports Movie Hall of Fame, we put up another episode on this podcast feed. Blue Chips.
1: Nice. You like Blue Chips? Isn't Shaq in that?
0: Shaq's in it. Young yeah. Shaq. Is
1: Penny in that too? Penny's in it. Yeah, I remember Blue Chips. Yeah.
0: yeah. And I said on the podcast, it's like Penny Hardaway's career. It, was, it starts out super promising. I know. Ultimately dissatisfying, but then underrated at the same time.
1: I think so. Although I had an argument with somebody who was trying to tell me how, that... He was just making Penny to be greater than he really was. And I was like, no, Penny was good. He was all, first a, team All-NBA. Yeah. Led a team in the finals. But didn't they make him, put him in that top 50 at that time of all time? That was a mistake. That was a huge mistake. That was a mistake. Yeah, I, don't, I don't forget things like that. Yeah. They might have to bump
0: <laughs> him and put Dominique in there.
1: It, crime if Dominique was not <laughs> Dominique in was there. Dominique was not in I there. I can't even, God, I didn't remember Greatest that. Greatest
0: in-game dunker of all time. Oh,
1: human yeah. highlight film. Come on.
0: All right. Uh... Let's just start. Let's do it. Play the music. Larry Wilmore is here, fresh off uh, really an emotional Lakers Clippers (laughs) game last night. Oh
1: my God. The
0: worm has turned and the Lakers Clippers were everywhere. It's not like the Clippers mm. are lighting L.A. on fire either. It's just kind exactly. of a basketball sadness. Yeah. What was it like there?
1: It's ennui. You know, if you look at the de- definition of ennui, you'll see a picture of a halftime score at a Laker game. <laughs> 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 Where all the energy has been sapped out of you already. There's absolutely no hope. There's, uh, you don't stand once except to go to the bathroom now, yeah. you know, to cheer the team or whatever. The Lakers are down by thirty at halftime, Bill. What is that?
0: But isn't that ultimately a good thing? I mean, all, no. all they're about is getting the top, no, a second pick in the lottery, no. and You're you gonna, don't care about that stuff.
1: No, I, I mean at this point they're not going to change their fate that much. But I don't like the habit of losing. Yeah. I think any kind of habit you ingrain, anything you do a lot, makes you good at that. You know, and I don't like the Lakers getting good at losing. It's I don't been like four that. years of it now exactly they have a yeah. worse
0: i think it's worse or almost the same record as philly the last three years a team that Thank you, bill. I'm created glad that you the process know these,
1: these little tidbits of yeah. laker uh, <laughs> laker philly trivia like, when it comes to their losing <laughs> <record>.
0: <laughs> but it's worth they it's, it's, had the second pick two years in a row whatever. and they're gonna probably
1: how many years have the clippers had great picks in the draft how many true. years bill right have they ever even been to the western conference finals but the difference, finals, the Western Conference Finals, never.
0: The difference is the Clippers had one of the greatest players of all time running the team, who didn't know what he was doing.
1: Who, Elgin Baylor? And you,
0: yeah, Elgin Baylor. Mm-hmm. You have one of the greatest players of all time running your team. Oh, wait, he might not know what he's doing either. Forget, forget wait, that who analogy. Wait, are you talking about Magic? Magic?
1: Magic. hasn't even started yet.
0: Well, he started recently. You
1: slamming him already? He's going to
0: bat. I'm not slamming
1: him. I just don't know if he's going to be good. Why would you not know he's that? He's been going to baseball games the last four years. He's yeah, gonna, and what gonna happened gonna to the
0: He's going to the salary cap?
1: <laughs> wait, you don't even try to slam Magic. You know Magic and no, Bird.
0: No, I, I actually, I think...
1: Magic Ma- and Bird are still, to me, the brightest basketball minds ever. Those two... Um, themselves. Look, Magic wasn't a great coach, but neither was Jerry West. But then Jerry West moved into the general manager's office. Boom. I think Golden Magic Lakers is gonna
0: be era. the way they're using Magic is the right way. He's going to be front facing yeah. kind of the good karma guy, yeah. free agent meetings, but he's not gonna do the daily nitty-gritty Doesn't have stuff.
1: To. You can have Rob Palenka there. it. But also keep in mind, Magic and Genie are like they're simpatico. you know, they're like brother and sister. Simpa- that- they're having sex? No, simpatico. Oh simpatico. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Uh, No, let's not open that door. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, no, they're like brother and sister, you know. And uh, I think their relationship really means a lot to that chemistry that the Lakers need. You know, just a front office that is really together and supporting the team to go forward.
0: I'm shocked that Jeannie Buss never found like the husband who just... (laughs) Wanted to latch on, but also kind of, like, secretly run the Lakers. Wow. She she went down the road with Phil Jackson, and it was just yeah. not a great road. He never wanted to get married. Yeah. And she she spent, like, I don't know, 15 years with him.
1: That's a long time. But meanwhile, time.
0: she could have been with, you know, this, like, some rich guy who's, like, like, a Jared Kushner for basketball. <laughs> <Jared> Kushner. <laughs> Kushner.
1: And, he, <laughs> and he sent a lot of signals, like, trying to take her to Montana all the time. I mean, that's a signal. Right. Of, Look, I really don't want to have a relationship. <laughs> yeah yeah and i'm gonna move to new york i'm yes, taking this job exactly. three thousand. dollars how miles can away. i make this clear <laughs> so i mean that that's
0: what i guess the laker fans should be happy that she never found somebody who decided let me I help don't know you if out Jeannie with the lakers Buss's
1: relationship
0: she's the most <laughs> powerful person in the team
1: yeah but what is her i don't know if her relationships have anything to do with how the lakers are playing them well, it's the family has had everything to do with it lately yeah.
0: The whole, she's got the, the brothers. Did you read the Jimmy Buss stuff? No,
1: I've never met them. I've never met the Bus family.
0: So there was this article about Jimmy Buss that he's he's like a big late night seedy casino slot machine guy.
1: Oh, like his dad. Was his dad? No, his dad away? was a poker player. His dad was a poker player. His dad was a poker player. player. But he spent a lot of time in casinos. Yeah, with, was, as we shall say, ne'er-do-wells. Right. Right.
0: So I think <laughs> the uh, that brother was in charge of stuff. Yeah. And... I don't know if he had a good grip of the steering wheel, shall yeah. we say.
1: Well, yeah. Not just, great. You're just bringing me down, Bill.
0: No, I think it's in yeah. better shape now. I think so, too. Magic yeah. is good karma.
1: Absolutely. Comes Completely. in, good energy. He's Mag-
0: going to practice with the players. Palinka knows
1: the league. Yes. He knows the agents. I, I like that team right now. Magic yeah. and Palinka, I think, are a good match.
0: I th- The stories I heard the last couple of years about them behind the scenes were pretty alarming. Some of them have come out. Like, like the what? LaMarcus at Aldridge free agent courting mm-hmm. process was apparently a disaster. Like he right. wanted to go there
1: yeah.
0: and his agents were, he was like, I want to be a Laker. I'm, yeah. I, I just want to be in LA. I want to, and then they had the meeting right? and it was like cup check, Jimmy bus. They didn't really talk about anything. And then he would yeah. go to these other meetings and you know, San Antonio was like, here's how we'd use you here. are The shots you'd get.
1: Was Kobe still on the team when they had that meeting? Yeah, that didn't help. Well, see that was a murky time too when Kobe was on the downslide and and people were kind of just you know it's like you're waiting for that family member to die was almost yeah. what it felt like it's like well they just keep getting up for breakfast so you know they're not dead yet <laughs> I don't know what we're supposed to do, do put the pillow over his head yeah it's like trust me next next uh, vacation when you come they probably won't be here anymore yeah. that's what it felt like when Kobe was there there
0: it was a good tanking strategy though because mm-hmm. it sold out tickets for that last year especially that wasn't right? a
1: tanking strategy that was a well, that keeping but, Kobe happy strategy. It
0: turned out to be a tanking strategy.
1: Yeah, but it didn't help. He was help. like the
0: least efficient player in the league. He's taking 25 <laughs> shots a game. <laughs> so,
1: yeah, but at least... Kraft's Janey
0: Kobe. Kobe's <laughs> know, missing 28-footers. It, it was
1: terrible. <laughs> it was terrible. But whatever. Hey, he still has five rings, so that's so important. So where,
0: where do you stand on Kobe now that the dust has settled?
1: In terms of what? Overall?
0: Yeah. Are you glad he passed through your life? Yes. Completely. Absolutely. Did he stay on a couple years too long?
1: Yeah, Absolutely.
0: Would he you did. have wanted to be his teammate? Of course. Are you kidding you me? You would have.
1: Okay. Absolutely. So you just sort
0: of run up and down, stood in the corner and waited every once in a while. You get to take a shot.
1: What Kobe are you talking about? A- any of the Kobes. <laughs> um, are you saying this as a Celtic or as a true NBA person here? Okay, I'm saying this as a Celtic you remember fan. Okay, let's look at the early Kobes. Right? Early Kobe. Kobe was the assassin then. He was not what we call the ball hog. If you look at his, how many assists Kobe would get even. You're talking about Shaq era Kobe. Yes. Kobe had a lot more assists than people realize. And also people forget how great a defensive player Kobe was. All defensive team almost every single year.
0: Very good. I mean, it pays to butter up the press. Those
1: teams are great. Stop it. Those teams are great defensive teams. You know, uh, Kobe doesn't get a lot of credit for that, but uh, Kobe worked harder than anyone on those teams. Anyone. There was that, no one that worked harder than Kobe.
0: And that's what doomed him and Shaq, ultimately. ultimately it wasn't an ego Sh- thing Shaq as wanted much... to rap and be yeah. a genie in
1: movies. You he showed know? up out of shape, played himself <laughs> into shape. Yes, exactly. And
0: Kobe was this guy. All he wanted to do was play basketball, get in yes. shape for basketball, no, all think Co- about basketball. All
1: Kobe wanted to do was be the second coming of Michael Jordan. He wanted to be better than Jordan. So that mission statement was good and bad, you know. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of the bad was all the isolation play that he did, you know, especially when his skills were gone, <laughs> did right. not serve him well. But the good was the 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 laser focus to just beat everybody to be the killer.
0: When so like 1999, right? What would you have put as the over under for titles? Because I would have said like seven. Uh, it seemed wow. like they were going to dominate the decade that that yes. year when they got by Portland. They That's get when over Del the horn.
1: Was the coach right?
0: Well, then, but Phil shows up 99-2000.
1: Well, Phil showed up. They won a championship that year. Right. Right.
0: So as that season's going on, before they they get the Portland hiccup, they barely get Mm -hmm. by Portland, but then they blow out the Sixers in the finals.
1: Yeah, but you you use terms like barely get by. You know, a win is a win you know seven game series you could say barely get by but the winner is considered the winner
0: that was the definition of barely get by
1: <laughs> no you're have
0: 15 that was, in the fourth quarter no
1: that was the definition of imposing your will <laughs> that's what that's the definition of it's not barely getting by portland was looking around going what the fuck just happened right what what just They, just, they now, stopped
0: making shots. Now,
1: you could argue beating Sacramento on that Ori shot was barely getting by. But we imposed our will against Portland. Portland was damaged goods after that. They were done.
0: You did. You broke them.
1: They were damaged after but that. But they
0: did have a 15-point lead in the fourth quarter. Yes,
1: until we imposed our will and took over.
0: That is one of my right. top three favorite games oh. when the refs clearly oh, were just it. completely no, in the back no, no, the Lakers. No, 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 no. It's unbelievable. No, no, no. You look There's it, some calls you look in that, that game, game no, that no, are, here's if what the internet happened, happened now, exactly Twitter, happened. Be Portland
1: forgot. Who they were as a team They just yeah. forgot They started taking Just some stupid shots They went ice cold They did And the Lakers Methodically came back It wasn't all in a rush It wasn't like that
0: Brian Shaw had a couple Big threes I remember
1: Yeah Brian Shaw and uh, Kobe
0: made a couple Big plays A nice couple big plays
1: But Kobe, a lot of Kobe's shots Were like 15 17 footers They weren't like Crazy It was a great game
0: and, and some awesome Awesome homer Absolutely. Officiating
1: and, and then that lob to, <laughs> to Shaq Was just the final Goodbye my favorite yeah. Kobe hairdo,
0: too, that year. Yeah, I'm
1: trying I liked to remember when which one grew, was that. that he wasn't he grew the it out a little in the back. Yeah. No, he had it that up. was a good Because he's kind man. of a small head, so yeah. the hair kind of... He has that peanut head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. The
0: hair really helped him that year. I, and it was then in the finals, yeah. Shaq fouls out. Game right. four, Indiana, yep. up 2-1. Yep. Kobe takes over yeah. in the OT, makes mm-hmm. some plays, wins the game. Yep. That's when I was like, wow, this guy really might be the next Jordan. Completely. But I, we were so desperate to find the next Jordan. I think, I think now I, I realize it's the not league happening. was too
1: desperate. As, yeah. As Grant,
0: but... Her- Grant Hill was in there. Jerry Stackhouse. <laughs> <laughs> Jerry, like, Jerry Stackhouse, Stackhouse might be the next Jordan. He was Jordan. never going to be Come the on. next
1: Jordan. To, uh, yeah. Yeah, first, not even, with a name like Stackhouse, you can't ever be the next Jordan, you know. But uh, I hope he's yeah. not
0: listening because he's, uh, by all accounts, one of the scariest guys who's ever passed through the week. Like, really? Jerry Stackhouse? Throw fists,
1: yeah. Like even now? Oh yeah, what? I
0: would have messed with Jerry Stackhouse when he's like eighty. Really? There's a famous huh. story.
1: I, I like, think that- like is Latrell Sprewell still out there choking people? Like is that type of? thing? Oh, he'd
0: he'd handle Latrell in like
1: five <laughs> seconds.
0: There was a story one I forget who the name was, but we did a story on this guy in Grantland. But mm-hmm. he he told Stackhouse to meet him after the game.
1: Uh-huh.
0: And Stackhouse was like, okay. Wow. So he went in the locker room and he put on like a jogging suit. So that, because it would be the best it's way like, to fight, met the guy outside. Did he have a gun in can you like Google Plexico who this guy uh, was? Google Jerry Stackhouse fight knock, well, knockout. When he, when he beat Christian
1: Leitner up, right? Over the, well, he did that too. Yeah, yeah. This is another right. guy.
0: And put giant one punch knockout, went back in the locker room.
1: Washington action. Man. Yeah, went back yeah. in the locker room,
0: put on his suit. Really? Left. That's pretty efficient, yeah. actually. Jerry Stackhouse. I kind of respect you that. You don't want to mess with him. Yeah, you but know. so the Kobe... I think once we realized he wasn't going to be the next Jordan, but he became the first Kobe Bryant. Yeah, but he Bryant. could be the first Kobe, yeah. exactly. I, exactly. I no He's that seventh
1: or eighth best player of all time. I ain't mad at that. Would you have him or Jerry West? Oh, come on. Jerry West is one of my all-time favorites. Don't You can't it's ask me It's a better about Jerry argument West. than I, I think Laker fans realize this. I know. No, Jerry West was dominant. He yeah. was always dominant. He and Elgin Baylor were so dominant during their era, you know? They just didn't have that complete team at the time like that right, Boston it was those had. Two every it was a smaller league, all that yeah. kind of stuff. But people don't, can't appreciate Jerry West right now. I mean, he would continually drop that 35, 40 points a game. Huge game. He was an offensive force during that time. And you know. it was a different league because if different. you like,
0: hurt your knee, you were never the same. Yeah, he yeah, hurt a hamstring his, yeah. like in
1: 1968, Yeah, and he was never the same, right. you know so and still have four good years after that
0: well that's the thing that's what made Kobe's career special is it was basically you know after 07 before they
1: gasol trade they re you know
0: would have been wow that guy had a great career but not he wouldn't have been like an all-timer but then he had this whole second Mm -hmm. prime from 08 to 12 yeah
1: well kobe's the he's the terminator yeah and he's uh he's terminator 2 actually because he can heal himself instantly (laughs) it seems like the way terminator 2 would regenerate his body yeah that's kobe i mean the stuff that he did i still don't understand like those mysterious trips to germany and all that kind of stuff you know, and he would
0: remember in the 0-9 playoffs. He played playoffs? in so much
1: pain. Remember, at one point, Kobe. I don't think he had any fingers left <laughs> right. to, to like his grasp chase the ball. a pure <laughs> ball. Yeah, I, th- I think he <laughs> broke about every earfall. It's hilarious. I think he <laughs> broke about every finger, and his ankles were messed up and knee. And uh, I thought he was even going to play after the Achilles. I thought he was going to play. He actually made two free throws when he when he snapped his Achilles. You know, he came back on the court. Right. But I've never seen anybody play through injuries outside of Jack Youngblood. I think playing on a broken leg. I think in a championship game. I mean Kobe played through some ridiculous injuries. That's a
0: great pre-internet moment. Jack Youngblood and yeah. a
1: broken leg. I know, yeah.
0: I, I mean like it was really broken. Like the guy in the yeah. uh in the Super Bowl, the guy in the Falcons had a broken Yeah. Tibia or something. Ugh. They taped it up and he was able to play. Right. Jack Youngblood had like a I think it was like broken in half.
1: Oh, it's crazy. And they just
0: kind of put the boards on each side of it or whatever yeah. the story is. Yeah.
1: You know, one thing you would make me think of, I don't like this whole stop in a game in the NBA when somebody's bleeding. To me, that's, everybody thinks that magic is out there with AIDS or something, you know? Right. Like, cause that's when they stopped it. Um, cause when, we didn't,
0: nobody understood
1: what, yes, what how but you they got still do it in 92. I mean, in hockey, yeah. people are bleeding in each other's mouths. Don't about almost, UFC? You know? yeah. UFC? UFC, you're bleeding all over blood. the place. The whole audience. It's like a Gallagher concert. <laughs> They're just getting splash of blood. Football, nobody goes. Basketball, everybody goes crazy if there's a speck of blood and they stop the game. You see all these um, hermetically sealed, you know. Yeah, the trainer and comes out. It's with like, he's, like he's cleaning Bill, your but what's up kitchen. With you? What are they thinking? That. I don't know. It's it's the only sport where that
0: happens. I don't know. The what are your Laker fan friends? What do you guys talk about? What keeps you motivated?
1: What do we talk about? We yeah. cry together. Okay,
0: because <laughs> it's how This is the worst. Well, people are in the looking towards the franchise. future right
1: now. Everybody's looking at the draft, and I get that, and that's fine. I mean, at this point, it's over. Do you
0: I... understand the stakes with the draft? Do you fully understand? There's a lot the, of good players pick? coming up. Oh, but, but do you, you understand you might not get the pick?
1: Uh, based on you think the Lakers are going to be fourth?
0: Yeah, it's possible. It's like a fifty percent chance. Mm. Yeah. Oh, yeah.
1: Oh, well, Brooklyn is firmly. In last place, right? That goes to the Celtics. Phoenix is how many games behind so the Lakers? The Lakers
0: have a two-game lead over Phoenix. <laughs>
1: two-game lead, yeah. The twelve yeah, to go. This is like torture conversation. A two-game lead. Yeah, two-game lead. Who else? Okay, who's after Phoenix?
0: It's really you. You got to worry about Phoenix.
1: Yeah, but if we're third, that that doesn't matter. We don't lose our pick in third. We lose it in fourth.
0: Yeah, but they have the lottery. This is what I am telling you.
1: No, but it doesn't matter. We're, you can, we're still having a protected if one third team, pick. If you
0: are third and one team jumped you, you'd slide down to fourth. And then you would have no pick. Yeah. Yeah. And if you're the second spot and two teams jump you, you slide to fourth, you have no pick. And wait, it gets worse because I wrote about this last week in the Mm -hmm. ringer. If Tell me, how
1: does it get worse, Bill? It gets worse. (laughs) If if you (laughs) tell me all the ways it gets worse. If you Mm -hmm. lose
0: the pick this year, you also lose your 2019 first round pick to Orlando. Nice. But if you keep it, that pick turns into two second rounders. So Beautiful. it's either two first rounders or nothing All on right. that lottery day. What is your? You should break out every good karma, what is lucky your charm thing. What is your prediction? If you get the second pick, it's a coin flip. It's 50-50. Yeah.
1: Second pick, we still will only. I'm probably, saying if
0: you're in the second ping pong I understand, spot,
1: I understand. We could at the most we'll get bumped down to third because there's not going to be two teams that are going to be in that lottery. Here's, here's right? what you
0: should feel good. Does the league really want the Lakers not to keep that pick?
1: The league wants the Lakers to be good. The league Am wants right? the Lakers to be good. Like, they're happy that your Celtics are doing better. Right. Right. Even they, though there is a ceiling, and we know that. There's a ceiling, right. but
0: there's two great players in this draft.
1: Right. Lonzo and You False. think there's only two? I think I there's think there's this a, is one of those drafts like 2003 or maybe... What was another? Where there are better, with you. better players than we know yet. Oh, like, yeah. Like, there's a Dwayne Wade in there who hasn't been identified there
0: yet. There might be, like, two Dwayne Wades.
1: I agree. Yeah. And, and I think there's a... Like a four or five in there who's gonna be ridiculous that hasn't quite proven himself yet.
0: Tate and I were just talking about yeah. before you got here, like the top ten, the tenth pick mm-hmm. might be better than the third pick. I think Lonzo I Lonzo is magic. I not Magic Johnson, but just see yeah, I think he's like a magical player. I love that guy.
1: He's got great court vision. He's I think he needs to score more though. I think he needs to take over games more.
0: I think he other. I think I bet he does. The Kentucky yeah. thing is gonna be an awesome test for him
1: because he's got an odd release though in his shot. Yeah, yeah it's but it goes unusual. in. It's, it doesn't even yeah. touch the rim.
0: Yeah, I think the thing I love about him is everybody, he's, there's very few guys are like this. Magic was like this. Mm-hmm. Bird was like this, where it's contagious how they play. Yeah. And you see the teammates start to become right. unselfish. And they're always, they're running the floor and they're waiting to get the ball because they know yeah. he's going to give it to them. The feel that he has, I, I just think he's going to be awesome with better teammates. I think teammates.
1: so too. Because what he has, it's hard to teach it's almost like geometry, the way he plays basketball. Yeah. Because it's all about... There are certain angles that you are just going to beat people all the time and you understand those angles in basketball. Right. Like, Chris Paul understands that brilliantly. Right. Like, he knows how to create distance immediately and create just the right angles to just beat you. And it has nothing to do with speed or quickness. It's all vision. It's cor- It's having a sense... Of the whole court, it's it's really like this incredible game of chess when you understand it, you know. Yeah. And Magic and Bird had that better than anybody. Isaiah Thomas had that very well too, you know. But uh, yeah, he's got that. If you look at him play, he understands position and distance between players, and he knows how to pass it when there when a pass isn't open, but you just have that little bit of daylight once the pass starts. Especially and with then the, the person's big guys. completely open once yeah. the ball gets there. That takes court vision to understand that timing and that kind of stuff.
0: The entry passes, I think he's gonna be incredible. Right. The Kentucky I so. will be a nice test for him because their guards are really, really good and their point guard, right. Fox, is an excellent defender. Yes. And the one, the one rap on Lonzo is, well, athletically, when he gets to the next level and he's going against Westbrook and all these guys every night, can yeah. he hold up athletically? I think he can, but Fox is a nice test. And if he yeah. sucks in that Kentucky game, Everybody would be like, "Oh, I see, you, I told you." <laughs> I and I don't. It's I think he's so much better these than that. Individual
1: college games, yeah. Especially
0: so. he's eighteen. He's got his yeah, dad's doing interviews left yeah, and right. Yeah. I know. What do you think I, of his dad? Do you dad? like his
1: dad? I do. Yeah, you're a big fan of him.
0: I do. I like crazy parents. Yeah. I When Richard Williams, like when was the gonna bring him up, when man. the sisters got a, a little right. afraid of him, it seemed like that yeah. wasn't a great place to but be. That in, was, but that
1: was, you know. That's also, who's this crazy brother from Compton talking all this in the whitest of white yes. sports, too? Yes. Right. And there were Jehovah's Witnesses, so there was a lot that was going on there that a lot of people didn't talk about. Is he going to come knocking our door at the middle of the night? We don't know what's going on here, <laughs> this Richard Williams. <laughs> but, uh, you know, the girls were kind of flamboyant, you know, as, well, tennis version of flamboyant, you know, wearing beads in her hair, Venus at that time. It was
0: an amazing cultural moment. Yeah. That you have this sport that's the wettest sport we have other right. than maybe golf. And well, a and, sport that women were supposed to behave all like Chris yes, Evert. Right. Even Martina was like, Oh, she's a man, get her <laughs> out of here. Like everybody was so mean to Martina.
1: It's horrible. Know. Oh, look at the way she talks. Oh, she's got a
0: girlfriend in the box. And people are horrible to her. Yeah. But then Serena and Venus show up and really the attitude for five years was this is terrible. What are and, we going to do? And
1: because they were brash, too. Yeah. yeah. They don't behave the right way, but right. don't
0: behave the right way. I mean, yes, how many times exactly. have exactly? heard that that's
1: code for urban code yeah, for yeah. black yeah we don't oh look
0: at the way they dress <laughs> right exactly their hair they're gonna wear their hair that way
1: yeah and earl woods with tiger was the same type of thing you know saying how he's gonna change the game and all earl that
0: woods is right the, but, the right. thing is like earl woods was right was, richard williams is right i wasn't mad at earl woods yeah. at all I all these mad parents at at all. who are this brash are you, you usually, usually know what right. they have
1: yeah the difference is this guy is talking about like a billion dollars like <laughs> <know. laughs> He really doesn't give a fuck at all. He's like, no, motherfuckers, we're getting a billion dollars. Yeah, yeah. I'm creating my own brand, Nike. You have to license my brand if you want. It's to. Really smart. It's very smart. It's it seems illegal,
0: smart. but I, I looked at it from a bunch of different. It's completely angles. legal. It's a, it's legal. Yeah, yeah. It's I,
1: ballsy. He's saying, no, no, no. I'm I'm Rockefeller. I'm Carnegie. I'm the brand. <laughs> right. You know, you're. I'm drinking your milkshake is what I'm doing. Not the other way around. You know. The, uh, that was a "there will be blood" reference for only a you. No, minutes. I enjoyed it.
0: The the baller <laughs> alert, not having ball in the name, not having yeah. Lonzo, but just baller. Yeah, which is kind of generic. Mm-hmm. And now his son's wearing it when he goes yeah. to the game. Is it BBB?
1: Is that what it is? Is it three so, Bs something, something like, like that? Yeah. three, three Bs. Yeah. yeah, that's a great. It's a great logo too, and it's uh, built for this. Is that what it is? What is what is the what is their uh, what is their phrase or?
0: I can't remember. LeVar's up to a lot of stuff. The only thing that's a mistake is saying he could be Jordan. Oh, that's just crazy He shouldn't have said this stuff about LeBron's kid. Yeah. Did you see that one? Like
1: Earl never said, Tiger could have beaten Nicholas. He never said some shit like that. LeBron got mad at him. Hmm. Got mad at who?
0: LeBron 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 gets mad at everybody. He He gets salty. He
1: gets whiny. He's not salty. He's whiny. Why any interesting?
0: Yes. I think he turns in, somebody was calling him Le Sheriff. On, <laughs> Le Turns Sher- in Le Sheriff every once in a while. But, so LeVar Ball said. LeBron, LeBron
1: is, by the way, LeBron is an amazing athlete. He's fantastic. But he is very sensitive.
0: He is. Uh, he's also been in the spotlight and getting picked apart for, what, 15 Absolutely. years now. Yeah. I think sometimes he's just like, ah, fuck it. Probably. He just goes in. Just but LeVar Ball it. was saying like. LeBron's son is going to have an issue because he was like, the difference between LeBron and me is like, I wasn't a famous basketball player and nobody, I didn't, Why my kids compar- didn't have a target.
1: What is that comparison Cause mean? he's crazy. This is what
0: makes him great. I love LeBron ball. Well, He's like, here's here's the difference between me and LeBron. It's yeah, like, LeBron is a world class athlete. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How about what the similarities? Yeah, that's the difference. So LeBron got mad because he's like, "Don't tell me my son has less of a chance than yours did because yeah, I'm the famous parent. Stand kids. in my family.
1: That's stupid. Come on.
0: LeBron's kid is apparently great. I saw some of the YouTube clips. Who cares? He's twelve. He's yeah, a twelve year old point guard. That's LeBron awesome. James Junior. Good luck. Yeah, it's tough with the Junior. Absolutely. It certainly has gone the wrong way a lot of times. For you know, winning the right ways with Ken Griffey Jr. Yeah, but yeah. so you're so you're pro, you're pro Levar Ball for the most part because he might be in your life at the Lakers the get this. For the most pit.
1: part, for the most part, I think the there is some damage that you can do to to a kid that hasn't proven themselves in that stage if you do too much. Yeah, you know, and you don't want to because a, a lot of um, a lot of what an athlete does, and even entertainers, it's not just how they're performing, but a lot of it is their relationship with with the crowd or the audience and the fans. Like, Derek Jeter always had a great relationship with the fans, regardless of how he played. Yeah. You know, he had a great career. But even if Jeter was hitting 230, nobody cared, because they still loved Jeter. You know, but if, but if he had a different relationship, you know, like the way A-Rod had... A-Rod could be batting almost 400 and have a bad game and people would be on him, you know. Yeah. That's the difference because he had a, just a different relationship. It
0: is funny. Like, A-Rod just was missing that one thing that made the fans want to connect with him.
1: But now he's fantastic. And he's very I good at TV. I love this A-Rod. I agree. He's really good. I love good. media A-Rod. He's fantastic. He's really good in that role, you know. He, he's no Pete Rose but you know he took so many yeah he's no Pete <laughs> Pete Pete we just take day by day hoping he stays <laughs> you know, on television I can't get enough of Pete Rose that's the train wreck that it's okay to want to happen yeah you know because most train wrecks you know you're an asshole if you want that that train to crash you know right but this is a train you want to crash especially when it gets yeah. late at night and he's a little yeah. sleepy Yeah. And he's a little hungry. Oh, absolutely. (laughs) 11.45 at night. A little hangry. He's thirsty. He's hungry. His blood sugar's crashing. He's
0: angry. Right.
1: He gets a little dizzy.
0: Let's take a quick break. Hey, if you've been settling for store-bought underwear five-packs, I have something that will change your life for the better. My old friend MeUndies. When was the last time you splurged on some great underwear? Come on. It's the first thing you put on every day, the last thing you take off. Why settle for anything less than the best? MeUndies are made out of sustainably sourced, Micro Modal, Modal, a fabric that's three times softer than cotton. So they are unbelievably comfortable. I don't know how many times I have to tell you the top jar of my dresser is filled with me and and that's it. It's true. Cause they keep sending them to me. Once you get me you never go back the world's most comfortable underwear. And right now you can save up to 33% off me with a monthly subscription. Select your style size and plan me will send you undies that they think you'll swoon in. Every month. And if you're not ready for that, you can still save 20% off your first pair plus free shipping by going to com slash BS. Once again, com slash BS. 20% off first pair plus free shipping back to the podcast.
1: I'm getting a you just thinking about it. I know. Talking
0: about uh, A-Rod. You know, this guy gave up, I think it was like 25 million bucks mm-hmm. to try to play for the Red Sox that year. Mm-hmm. And then the league vetoed the trade and ended up on the Yankees because the players' union was like, "You can't take, you can't go backwards with a contract that sets a bad precedent." They blocked it. Mm-hmm. It's one of the most magnanimous, um, things an athlete has ever tried to do, where they mm-hmm. were literally like, "I will give up eight percent of my guaranteed salary yeah. because I want to win." A rod never gets credit for that because we just don't like A rod.
1: How much do you think that would have changed his trajectory in terms of acceptance? It would have changed
0: the course of baseball history. Because mm-hmm. we would have the Red Sox would have traded Manny Ramirez in the in the deal, mm-hmm. and I think I can't remember who the other which would have been a great point.
1: trade at that time. A Rod for I mean, Manny.
0: Manny was awesome though. Yeah,
1: but A Rod had more years. Don't... He had more years left than Manny.
0: Oh with Nomar, so we would have traded Nomar. Nomar Ma. And Ma- it was Nomar and Manny. Nomar. Nomar. Yeah.
1: Get A Rod. <laughs> then right.
0: the Orlando Cabrera part of the trade. He was great in the playoffs. Yeah, but uh, yeah, and then the Yankees don't get A Rod. It's this whole. I think he's
1: never needed a rod, though. They never needed him. No,
0: well, that was when they were yeah. just adding. It was almost just like being, they were. That's the when ca- they
1: were just being winning assholes. Though. Yeah,
0: <laughs> they're
1: like di- it's like with Dynasty, yes. would just add people to the cast. In the 80s.
0: Ah, oh, we're gonna add this actress. Yeah, this and they don't
1: rebuild; they reload. You know? Yeah,
0: I think teams in general are starting to realize that's a bad.
1: Are you a fan of what what happened with the Warriors with KD and all that? Um, that kind of st- stacking by players.
0: I'm torn on it because. I, I totally got it from his perspective. Mm-hmm. I think he had, and we talked about it. He was on my pod last month. Right. He had basically a window to go somewhere.
1: Mm-hmm. Right. Why did he want to leave though?
0: I think I think we're seeing why he wanted to leave. I don't I don't mm-hmm. think he wanted to play with Westbrook anymore. And I don't think he wanted to live in Oklahoma City anymore. Do
1: you think it was about Westbrook more than? I think it
0: was those two things. Yeah. Yeah. And I think he Westbrook had this... is
1: more of an outfit than he is.
0: I just think he. I think he felt like there was a different level of basketball out there. And Mm -hmm. I think he wanted to live somewhere else. I think he was tired Mm -hmm. of being in Oklahoma City. I don't think he trusted the franchise that much. Really? And uh, so he had his choices were basically go to Golden State, go to Boston, go to... Who else was in the running
1: that Were the Knicks ever in the running?
0: No. Washington should have been. Washington... State. Bradley Beal oh, right. wasn't
1: playing like he was. Yeah, Washington should have been. Yeah, and he
0: didn't. I don't even think he gave them an interview. Because he's from DC, right? Yeah. Oh, San Antonio was the other one. So yeah. it was those three. And you know, Boston. I think you go to the East. You really don't have to battle LeBron, but you right. still have to go through LeBron
1: every year. That would have been nice, though. Yeah, and I think he. Just I think that would have been really good for basketball, as much as you know. I hate your Celtics. I think going to the Celtics would have changed that balance in the East in a way that that would have been exciting.
0: It's a more yeah. if you're doing it like just for what's the best for the league. Him yeah. going to Boston was him going probably to Boston the best Would have been move. the best. I but him going that. to Golden State was the most like Whatever. exciting, talked about kind of polarizing
1: yeah. move. You it know? doesn't make Golden State more exciting. They're it not going to win more games this year than they won last year.
0: No, but he's the best player in the team. But which is kind of funny. They won Golden State was
1: exciting because they seemed unlikely. You know, that style of basketball, especially with Steph Curry, who, this little finesse type player yeah. who was, I mean, the hero of every little kid, yeah. you know, in America. I mean, that was such a great image for that team, this unlikely player dominating. But with KD there, it changes that chemistry to me. And nothing against KD. I love KD. I think yeah. KD is awesome. He he is one of my favorite players just for his style. Um, but I would have liked to have seen him on a different team where the chemistry was a little different i think you know i agree with you i do think that i like more balance in the league i guess
0: yeah but you know this is the 80s was like this there's three no. three or four teams
1: there were at least five it.
0: teams in the 80s boston lakers detroit and philly
1: philly houston houston for two years yeah and then uh and I mean, detroit came a little you later you guys
0: made the finals like nine out of 10 yeah, years yeah we dominated yeah, that's those, why you like but the we 80s. dominated
1: those great teams then <laughs>
0: You've, Pat, my theory, I wrote about this mm-hmm. in the basketball book. My theory was Pat Riley knew the Rockets was, were coming uh-huh. and just was putting cocaine in their locker rooms. <laughs> just, just they're going to the bathrooms. like, what's that? Is that cocaine? Putting, oh, it's a gift from Uncle putting Pat. Putting it
1: in there or forgetting where he <laughs> left it. <laughs> <laughs>
0: but yeah, the, the Lakers definitely, you know, you need luck with this stuff too.
1: Yeah, you do. A lot of it my, is time. My
0: guess game. is the KD thing, the Warriors were going to hit a different level of the Warriors this year anyway because Mm -hmm. I think they had such a bullseye on their back
1: the last two years. And it's inevitable years. with teams and chemistry. Yeah, you and all get that. tired. Yeah. He,
0: and Steph Curry's so famous now, and he's yeah. been like incredibly famous for a year and, and a half. And he's a
1: bullseye, definitely. Yeah. Right. And
0: I think that wears you down. Everyone's like, oh, Steph's not having as much fun there. It's because his fucking life isn't that much fun. <laughs> I know. He's, it's tough. That guy can't go anywhere. He's right. trapped in a hotel suite or. It's another a reason room. why
1: LeBron is so great because with all that scrutiny and everything, his numbers never change. Right. He stays he's a machine. He's a machine. He stays consistently great. Of course,
0: Kobe was Terminator too. I don't know what
1: LeBron is. Oh, LeBron! Oh, god! Yeah, you have to come up. With he's that. like RoboCop. Yeah, <laughs> RoboCop. That's probably good. I mean, huh?
0: he's having. He's going to average nine assists this year.
1: Yeah, no may, forward has ever done that. He may be Predator. <laughs> yeah. Predator. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, wait, no forward has ever averaged nine assists. No, ever. Yeah. He's, he's, My brain is thinking right now.
0: Th- yeah. It was frustrating for me last week as a yeah. basketball fan because I thought LeBron secretly wanted to win the MVP this year. Right. Because, you know, he gets that. There's no
1: secret. LeBron wants to win that every year. How's no, that a
0: but secret? It, but it, it, the reason he was playing 38 minutes, people are like, why is he? I think because mm-hmm. was, this was his last chance, really, to win the fifth mm-hmm. MVP. It puts him on another level uh, historically. But mm-hmm. Saturday night, when they rested, the, they were like, Kyrie's knees tweet. They got to not play him. And then love was hurt. Mm-hmm. That was the game where LeBron should have been like, I'm fucking playing. Yeah. And put up the 43, 17, and 15. And be, and everybody had have been like, oh, LeBron, should he be the MVP? He could yeah. have single-handedly right. changed the narrative. And then sit in the next game against the Lakers. You're going to win that anyway by 20 points. Exactly. Sorry. No, but it's true. But it's, I, yeah. thought he let the, I thought he could have put himself on the map in that game for MVP. Now it's going to be James Harden. I think, think it's so? unstoppable now. Yeah, Man. Because you had Westbrook got his butt kicked by Golden State same mm-hmm. day. Harden has this dramatic end of the game win. I think that well, nice Harden line.
1: has evolved his game in a good way. Totally, you know, and, and I'm, his beard. I'm happy. Yeah, I'm happy to see that D'Antoni is is getting a a good a good chance to to show the type of coach that he is because I think he is a good coach. Yeah, mm-hmm. he
0: he was. It's
1: funny, like he. When you're he, a visionary, it's hard to to get credit for that. You know? Yeah,
0: and also mm-hmm. like. He made two decisions that one was for money. He took the Knicks job just right. for a money but job. You but you can't didn't have the blame right. somebody for that, yeah. especially
1: after what happened with the, you know. Well, that was before the Lakers, right? No, that, yeah, the Lakers right. was the second one. Right.
0: But tooks, takes the Knicks job. Right. They offer him a crazy amount of money, and he's basically like, okay, now yeah. let's try to find the right team for me, and they couldn't. Mm-mm. Then he gets offered the Lakers job. Right. And it's like, yeah, you're going to coach Steve Nash, Kobe Bryant. Dwight Dwight Howard I know this would be a really fun team to coach and it was the opposite it was terrible for him yeah
1: but that was after the debacle with Phil Jackson too yeah yeah yeah
0: so now he's on this team that this seems like the right team for him yeah I think so but I think coaching it's funny like just some coaches it's just certain types of style and that's
1: it Popovich I feel like could coach anybody I think so, yeah.
0: Phil is still because trying Because he to...
1: imposes his own style. Yeah, and go. figures out
0: what he has. Right. And Belichick's like that, where it's mm-hmm. like, what do we have? All right, let's play this right. way.
1: Belichick, oh God. Sorry.
0: You're Sorry. That anti-Belichick? Uh,
1: how much time do you have? But we have a lot. It's a podcast. No, I'm just anti-cheater, that's all. Oh, yeah. what? come on. <laughs> Yeah, I think it's Belichick. I just don't like cheaters. What
0: what evidence do we have that he cheated? Um,
1: Okay, how about the Super Bowl against the Rams? I think in uh, New Orleans, (laughs) where they were filming the uh, practices. No,
0: they did. They uh, never got
1: walkthroughs. That was proven Um, to be fake news. I was at that game too. That was fake news. That was not fake news. It was fake news. No, that was a
0: fake story. It was Mm -mm. discredited. Mm -mm. The paper did a retraction. No. See, this is the problem. This is how no, our country problem. got into the it's shape of truth. In man. Because it's a truth. fake story Embrace takes truth. hold. It goes. And you now know you, Belichick's And a now cheater. Larry Wilmer believes you that they told him that. I think he but searches he, for he, edges. But he. <laughs>
1: searches for edges yes Red the way Auerbach you search like for that. edges on a, on a pair of dice Red
0: Arbeck <laughs> used to break the air conditioning in the Lakers rock oh, room oh Red
1: Arbeck was a famous cheater it was like Everybody 120
0: degrees when the Lakers would play the uh, Celtics yeah. yeah that's what Valichick does there was nothing better than he didn't than film beer, the practices right? though did you follow the story about the guy stealing the jersey
1: Oh, that's crazy. Did you see the video? I love that. Where he put he, it under he his jacket in,
0: Yeah, he waltzes in with Belichick and yeah. going to the locker room like that's he's hilarious. in the entourage. Yeah. And then just kind of <laughs> floats around,
1: grabs a thing and leaves. I love how the casual, when people do something wrong, that casual, that fake casual when yeah, they're walking yeah, yeah. out. It's kind of... But you they're know.
0: also glancing around a little bit. Oh, yeah, they're, they're a little casual. nervous. Like, oh, there's a camera.
1: Because that, there's that window of getting caught there. That, yeah. <laughs> which would be awesome if that person actually gets caught during that window.
0: It's yeah. a, I mean, we're living in this era right now where security is probably the number one but think of thing the thing on ball. everyone's mind think this of, guy waltzes into the locker room
1: the, and you know that that was thought of before right that the person knew oh, they yeah. were going to do he that. the wrong pass yeah it wasn't it there's wasn't no a guard like f- wait that's the
0: wrong pass <laughs> yes. you can't go in it's it wasn't a theft of in. passion
1: where it's like no. i'm taking that jersey fuck this shit. i mean he thought that through he I mean, did it three craziness. years ago he
0: took von miller's helmet it
1: sounds like crazy
0: how do you fit a fucking helmet in your in your under your coat <laughs>
1: no this is a tuma. sorry this hey guys a... <laughs> excuse me i i have like a club arm <laughs> i know
0: yeah three straight years that was one of my favorite stories i love that jay yeah. glazer did this like all the president's men style video yeah. breakdown with the 40 fox cameras mm-hmm. I- isolating with the fbi
1: right incredible just uh, to get
0: tom brady's jersey back because he's the greatest quarterback of all time he won yeah. his jersey
1: at a certain point you have to admire his balls i guess yeah. la football rams chargers do you mm-hmm. care no
0: Will anyone care?
1: No. Rams, look. I was a Rams fan growing up. They left me. I didn't leave them. Okay. Now you come back. You know, we'll see. I love
0: this. I've heard this logic, and it's the best. Yeah, we'll it's like see. Your wife shows up twenty years later. We'll see what happens. I'm back.
1: Let's all right. Let's see how it works out. Yeah, we'll see. And the charge. Nobody cares about the Chargers. I think we had the L.A. Chargers in the fifties or something like that. People don't even remember that I think I think the I mean, they in Carson, something like that you know they're no, playing, they're sharing the field with the l a galaxy. The charges they're like a it's so sad, you know well, how did they become homeless so fast? I don't how know how did that happen they they're living in one of the most
0: affluent, beautiful cities in America and yes. that a team that a city that seems like it should have football they should you know, and now they're gonna be in Carson whatever,
1: playing in front of thirty thousand yeah for more, two pe- years. more people go there to watch tennis and soccer.
0: And eventually, they're going to be the Clippers of the Rams' Lakers. Only Are the Clippers going to move the Rams. to Inglewood next? So I had Bomber on my pod last oh, I week. I heard that. Yeah, and he—I mean, that guy's a tenant. He doesn't want to be a tenant. He's right. like multi-billionaire. He's, you know, yeah. like on the Oscars night. They—they they have a home game on Sunday night. It's a lot of stuff like that where they just get the shittiest. Schedule, right? Whatever they get, the third pick between the Lakers and the Kings. The Lakers yeah. get all the plum dates. Like the Sunday night dates are usually a great date, not against yeah. the Oscars, but usually the Lakers are Sunday nights.
1: But Bomber's kind of used to nights. that type of thing. I mean, that's the company that gave us the Zoom, you know? So. <laughs> i think i should ask him about that <laughs> yes. I <mean>. giant write-off <laughs> yes thanks steve baller <laughs> the world couldn't wait for that we appreciate it he was so yeah. excited that I why to are you think so time. mad at staples center you know? yeah yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> i think uh i think he gets involved with kranke and they build an arena right next to
1: mm-hmm. um the football stadium yeah but then he's in the what he's in the shadow of the rams no no they have their own stadium yeah what's gonna happen with the there. forum is that gonna be knocked down or is that going they to, just
0: like poured all this money into it to make that it was all like a church or musically. something for a while, right? yeah. Yeah. yeah a lot of lot of memories in that place man yes exactly mm. dr bus a lot of the 80s lakers yep mm. let's take a quick break quick break to talk about books.com have you ever sent flowers online before let me tell you something not a satisfying experience you're lured in with a 19.99 advertised price, but somehow when you check out, it's like $94. And then when the flowers arrive, they might be wilted. They probably are wilted, and they're definitely not like the picture. So come on. Those other flower companies are just middlemen. They jack up the price you pay. Luckily, books.com offers a better way to buy flowers, tulips, roses, lilies, orchids, 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 orchids. 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 Why mm-hmm. am I saying orchids? I have this weird thing where I...
1: No, it's it's prompter dizziness. Yeah, yeah, where yeah. I see
0: the word and I say the word. No, I understand. I do that with Kushner Kushner, too. Yeah, like all what these happens different is things. the
1: letters overcome the words. Yeah, they
0: overcome my brain. Yeah. Hydrangea? Hyd- hydrangeans. Oh, God. Hydrangeas. Right, there you go. And more. Deliver to your door for prices starting at just $40. No endless upsells, no hidden fees, no gimmicks. You can even get free delivery on Tuesdays through Fridays. When you register at Books.com, their site is modern and beautiful. Could not be easier to shop there. Whether it's a special occasion or a random surprise, Books flowers make for a perfect gift any time of the year. Right now, my listeners can get 20% off your orders by going to Books.com using offer code BILL. That's B O U Q S.com. Offer code BILL. And speaking of good offers, on Saturday night, my wife and I. We're stranded outside the Wilshire Hotel at 1.30 in the morning with no way to get home because we didn't drive because we we're, you know, we we're having a few pops. Right. Thank God for Lyft. With Lyft, you can get a ride in minutes for less than the cost of a cab. Every Lyft driver is fully vetted through their 10-point safety standard, including criminal and DMV background checks. They're rated after every ride. Only the best. Stick around. You can tip them in the Lyft app.
1: They have which- that mustache, right?
0: With the mustache, yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. I like tipping my drivers. I feel like it's going to make them work a little harder and maybe stay off the cologne a little bit in the car and stuff like that. (laughs) Uh, And tipping, obviously, it's the happier and better drivers. Nine out of ten Lyft rides get a perfect five-star rating for the passenger. It's also the fastest-growing ride-sharing app and the highest-rated one, as well as your buddy whenever you need a ride. People are actually getting rid of their cars and relying on Lyft to get around. I've heard this. That's crazy. Right now, Lyft is offering (laughs) our listeners... A special deal. Get three free rides for up to ten dollars each, up to a thirty dollar value. All you have to do is enter the promo code Bill Simmons. That's my name. Download the free lift app today and in promo code Bill Simmons in the payment section. Three free rides up to ten dollars each. L y F T. Try it out right now. Back to the podcast. The week we're taping this, Chappelle came back with two Netflix
1: shows. Yes. How about that? I, I watched them both. I haven't seen him yet. I I saw him working some of it out last year, I think, for one of them. It's
0: interesting. I think it's important to watch both of them in a Mm -hmm. row versus like I'll watch one now and watch one two days from now. It's it's a double feature. Yeah, it is. Uh And the L.A. one is different from the Texas one. The L.A. one is more traditional. Uh he's, He's... More of like, it's like an 1130 late night performance. I mean, it's not the materialism, but he's just more. Is it
1: kind of intimate or is it a big crowd?
0: No, it's, yeah, it's more professional. Okay. And the Texas one is more loose. Uh He's slinging it. Right. And it's just different, and a lot of people like the LA one more. I, th- I actually like the Texas one more.
1: The uh, looser one.
0: Yeah, it's just it just had a different vibe to it. Yeah. The LA one's built around like the four times he met OJ Simpson.
1: Oh, right, right, right. I read. And the it just goes
0: it veers in all yeah. these different directions. It's really well done and it's yeah. well constructed. Yeah, when the I Texas was... one, I, it was just out there and crazy.
1: Yeah, in stand up to me. That's different between Tuesday night and Saturday night. Yeah, yeah. It's like. Comics love Tuesday night, and we could care less about Saturday night. But Saturday night is the best night, but we don't care. Because the audience laughs in the places they're supposed to. Yeah, (laughs) You know, you have a great show, all that. It's your
0: professional audience. Yeah,
1: you know, and you do three shows. It's date night is is why you don't care for it, because everybody's polite. Tuesday night, anything can happen. That's your real comedy audience. And that's when you sling stories. That's when you try out material. Yeah. That's when fights might break out, all kinds of stuff. So Tuesday night comedy for a comic is much more satisfying than Saturday night. So that's what it... So know,
0: that Texas one felt like a Tuesday that's night. That's Tuesday night. Or, night yeah, right. yeah, That's why so you I like, like it more, because
1: it has that feel. You know? I like both of them.
0: I, I, mm-hmm. The Texas one, I just... I, I was like, wow, I don't know where this is going. Yeah,
1: I, was, I felt like I was... Ch- Chappelle is one of the bravest people on stage, because he'll go up without a net. You know, some of it's... Maybe irresponsible to the people working there because he'll do nine hours, yeah, yeah, and yeah. just talking, and people are like, "We gotta go home, Dave. <laughs> right. I got a family." You know, he's like, just smoking cigarettes, like when Bruce them off Springsteen's
0: day. coming out for his ninth encore, yes, like, "Hey exactly. Bruce, we're
1: good, right?" But at least Bruce, it's still only three and a half hours. True. You know, it's not nine hours of Bruce. <laughs> nine <laughs> you know, hours. I know. It's like I know you're the boss, but can we please have permission to go home? That's
0: know? like us driving from LA to Las Vegas right uh-huh. now. Nine hours. So. When you're gone for that long, because uh-huh. it seemed like he had real fear about actually releasing these, and really, I think both of them might have been done mm-hmm. months and months and months ago, and it was he was mm-hmm. so hesitant to come back in the spotlight. It was yeah. a kind of fa- It was its own kind of fascinating. I think sixty million the
1: dollars erases that there fear kind of quickly. Yeah, yeah. just kind of has a way of doing that. Uh-huh.
0: But do you, do you I mean, you you've gone in binges where you're not doing comedy at all, right? And then you're uh, going performing. Back. Certainly, yeah, yeah. right, yeah. So, what was like the longer stretch where you didn't perform?
1: Oh, wow. Yeah. I went for, there was one stretch before I did a Showtime special a couple of years ago. It was for the 2012 election Larry Wilmore's Race, Religion, and Sex in Utah. Yeah. <laughs> That's when it was going. And I hadn't done stand up maybe in 10 years, I think. That was a long time. So, I had to go up and just do like two minutes here and there just to get, just to feel what that was like again. And slowly, it took me about six months to start feeling good about it, you know. And I started just writing more stand-up comedy jokes, you know, and that kind of stuff and commenting more stuff. And it only took, it didn't take that long to feel good about it again. I
0: would imagine know? it's like golf where you just have to keep doing it. And if you stop doing it for a while, yeah, it can come back, but you have to go to the course and really hit and you go to the yeah. practice range. and
1: got to work in your short game, all yeah, your audience yeah. responses. The putting might go. Thing. Right, Exactly. How fast
0: does it come back with the the ability to ad lib in the moment?
1: That takes a while. That takes a good couple of months of just being comfortable on stage again, if you've been away for a while. But it doesn't take too long. And all that is, is just, you know what it is? It's like in sports terms, like if you've been out for a while, you get on the court, you haven't lost any of your ability, but your timing is off. So like your past, for some reason, goes at their leg or it goes at the wrong time or you dribble off your leg. You don't know why that stuff is happening because you're just not relaxed in the moment because sports is all about being good enough to just be relaxed, you know, and zen and all that. And stand up comedy is the ultimate of that. You have to be relaxed enough where it's this, I call it active listening. Yeah. So you're kind of doing your act, but you're not conscious of your act at that moment. You're more in the moment of listening to the audience and what's going on. Because you know or,
0: the act so well. You know you're so just, well. You're,
1: the act is do, it's playing itself, yeah. and you're having a different conversation while that's playing. But if you haven't done it in a while, you can't have that kind of conversation. You're, you're too much in your head about the act, so you can't relax and just... Interact. And I, mean, I
0: think that's something Chappelle is still great at. Oh, And he's, he's one the best. of the all time. He's one of
1: the best. Absolutely. The pace that yeah. he
0: has and the patience. Yeah. And he'll just pause. Right. And there, nothing will happen for six yes. the audience is like, wait a second. Is he forgetting his line? Yes, but he's, he's not. not. He's,
1: he's inventing. He's, and to invent, like, It's one thing to invent out of something the audience says. Like, I loved doing that when I was doing stand-up. Like, they throw something at you, and then you create something new out of that. Yeah. But Chappelle, he invents stuff out of silence. (laughs) Like, there's nothing happening. And then he's coming up with something, and we'll go in a different direction. And that's where he's really brilliant. He's
0: certainly one of the most confident comedians I've ever seen. He really just trusts the process. he's so thoughtful,
1: but he's sneaky thoughtful because you think he's just... You know, he, he may come off as crass or... You know, lowbrow, but he's that combination of highbrow, lowbrow. You know, Woody Allen was like that a lot. Like Woody Allen would do dick jokes, but he would yeah. do he'd talk about Kierkegaard in the same instance. You know, where Chappelle, he his jokes can sound lowbrow, but he's a philosopher at his heart. So there, he's very. He's a very intellectual comic while he's doing dick jokes sometimes. Right. Yes, because it's very well thought through, you know, and, and he has a philosophy behind it. That's what makes him interesting.
0: He's going to have the outrage police come after him this week, yeah, which is a care. whole other. Yeah, he doesn't care. Yeah, whatever. And the he,
1: outrage police about what?
0: There's some gay stuff in there. There's some transgender stuff in there. Mm-hmm. And, and people are going to... That'll be a bit of right. narrative that unfolds over these next few days because... He doesn't you know, care about
1: political correctness. So, yeah.
0: No, I I don't right. I don't think it's on his radar. No, is my I don't think guess. So. He's just he's just going to be like I'm honest. This is how I feel about stuff. If I offend people, I don't care. If, Which is I, a really I, dangerous place to be. I don't in even in know if he would MP. say that, would he? Maybe not.
1: I don't even know if he'd even make that statement.
0: He seems both completely self aware about certain things, and then in other things, like I don't give a shit.
1: Yeah, I think he's he's liberated from having some kind of attachment to showbiz leverage, you know? Yeah. Like Bill Burr, he was talking about that. Yeah, right? when we did the yeah
0: extra time thing. Yeah, yeah same thing. Just didn't give a shit.
1: Yeah, where the business sometimes can feel like it has a leverage over you if you don't act right or do something. But when you remove that leverage, you have a different amount of freedom. Yeah. yeah.
0: Who do you think the best... Who, who to, you know, Tom Brady, the best quarterback of all time, Michael, Michael Jordan, the best basketball player. Do you of all time. really
1: think that? Do you think Brady's oh, the best of all time?
0: it's unassailable.
1: It's unassailable. It's unassailable.
0: Unassailable. What, 17 years of Brady versus any other quarterback, you're taking the how 17 How many people years. are
1: saying it's the system, though, too?
0: What system? He is the system. I you were just saying how great Belichick is. Belichick's, the combo, I think, is great. This <laughs> <laughs> the greatest agree, coach ever. They're,
1: I agree. I agree. I think they're the best combo ever. Oh yeah. For I their mean, longe- the argue the best, for their coach, best QB ever each separately. Good, good combo. I don't know if one is as successful without the other though. Yeah.
0: So who is that who's the goat for stand-up comedians in your mind? Living or dead?
1: <sighs> That's a tough one. I mean, it depends on what you like. I mean, for for me and the people my generation, Richard Pryor represented that, you know. But a lot of it was because of his honesty. Yeah. And his I mean, when you look... And fearlessness. at fearlessness. His fearlessness and his raw funny. He yeah. was all of those things, too, you know? And his sensitivity, all that kind of stuff, and his story. I mean, this he grew up in a brothel. Right. You know, it was a horrible childhood. And his grandmother was a badass. Yeah. I mean, she was not playing around, you know? Uh He suffered abuse, all kinds of things, you know? But he was this childlike angel at heart, you know? Um, somebody, I remember one of his exes told the story of the Cosbys coming over for dinner once, and she was describing Cosby as he seemed like the nice guy on stage, but was this asshole in person. And, and oh, Prior seemed like this firebrand on stage, but couldn't have been nicer in person. Right. I mean, believe me, Pryor was a he could be a headache as well, and was he could be a nightmare also, but usually it was in the creative arena, you know, and that type of thing, you know.
0: Yeah, it does seem like there's. I agree with you. I don't think there's there can be a GOAT, but I do yeah. think people own different eras. Yeah. Exactly. He definitely owned his era. He owned that era. I think for Eddie sure. owned his era.
1: Yeah, but in a different way. Eddie I wouldn't I don't know if he was the best stand-up in that era, but he certainly was the in the 81, 83 range? I don't know if I'd call him the greatest stand-up. Um that was a golden era for stand-up in that in that time. I mean, there were a lot of people that we just don't talk about. People yeah. don't know how great Jay Leno was during yeah. that era. You know, uh Seinfeld was, you know, unknown during that era, but was fantastic right. was really
0: only both of those guys were only really known cuz of Letterman, which was the yes. irony of how the Leno Letterman. Letterman thing played out.
1: Letterman wasn't a great stand-up, but he was a really good stand-up. But uh Murphy was a brilliant comedy star, I think more than anything else, you know. And yeah. his stand-up specials were very funny, but I don't know if I'd call him like that's not on the same level as prior. It's
0: just yeah, different, yeah. you know. I mean, um, he did put out to the Delirious I'll, I'll Special. Give, uh, in I'll Raw. give you another.
1: But I'll give you another example. During that same period, you could argue that Cosby's special was better. His fatherhood, you know, and that I mean, the Cosby Show was. Well was the one on when that. he sat on the stool the whole time? Yeah, I think yeah, that yeah. was one of them. Did HBO the would show routine. that.
0: Remember on HBO, didn't yes, have a lot of
1: content. But they would just show that. Those all the are time. brilliant routines back yeah. then, you know. So there was a lot of competition during that era for. Uh, for stand-up I'm, I'm comedy. I'm with you
0: on Cosby. It's so mm. weird to... to to Almost like we're not allowed to think about his yeah. career anymore because of how horrible all the allegations.
1: Mm. And, and next time you stop he raping did. so many people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah.
0: It, but it's like he he really was like the defining yeah. comic and then had the defining sitcom. And now it's just like
1: yeah. it's gone. It's, it's been shame. erased. Yeah, I know.
0: And I'm sure... I don't know. It's it, When he dies, I mean... It's gonna nobody's gonna be talking about the Cosby show to be like that's the guy who yeah. allegedly raped fifty four people or whatever the number is. Yeah. What about Chris Rock?
1: Uh, definitely brilliant for the for his period. Um I don't know who else stands out during the Chris Rock period of just pure stand up. I'm not sure, you know.
0: It's I guess there's different kinds. There's the guys that could or girls
1: that could Mm-hmm. in the
0: smaller rooms
1: were great yeah. and revered by the things that but was during the alternative era too yeah 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 uh, I think it's
0: really hard to go into Madison Square Garden yeah. and just crush it I it's, don't know how many really people tough. could yeah. have done that with good material I mean there's also yeah. like the Dan Cook types that were more like he was very Andrew very Clay yeah. Yeah. yeah like people that were like by force of personality there were, were, there were kind it. of movements too yeah, yeah yeah
1: yeah but rock stands out as somebody who really had something to say at a time when nobody was saying it really you know so, and it was really, he was a smart, political, brash comic, you know. He he was like a combination of, let's say, Pryor and Dick Gregory, you know. If you put those together, you get, you know, that Chris Rock of that era. You Who know? was
0: the one you were the most jealous of? I was, I'm not jealous of comics. Writers you know. get jealous of each other. Yeah. I fit, oh, man, I wish I had thought of that angle.
1: Well, sometimes I, I say, I wish I had thought of those jokes. You yeah, know? yeah. That's what I mean. Yeah. I mean... That whole Chris Rock routine. I mean, there's a war between black people and niggas. Oh, right. it it's fantastic. It's one of my favorites ever. Yeah, we did that on The Office, in fact, when, I was, seeing, uh, when I was the um, diversity uh, specialist. and uh, <laughs> Was that a title? And, oh, it was so much fun. And Steve Carell was doing a... Uh, <laughs> he was doing the Chris Rock routine, and there were so many outtakes with right? He would just say, and the niggas, and the niggas. <laughs> and my face is just blank looking at him, and we would laugh. So you'd say cut, and we would just start laughing so hard. It was so much fun. Yeah. Who?
0: So who's behind the scenes in The Office during that era?
1: Oh, man. The I mean, that's
0: like a murderer's row, right?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, How
0: many years were you there?
1: I was there the first th- three seasons, two and a half, I guess, because the first half season – By the way, we thought we were going to get canceled at any moment during that first half season. Um, I mean, Mike Schur, who's done everything. Uh, B.J. Novak was on the writing staff and in the cast. Mindy Kaling, writing staff and staff. Uh, That whole cast was fantastic.
0: Uh, So do you know behind the scenes, you knew like this is a special group. Oh, yeah. You knew it right away. Greg
1: Daniels, who ran it, had such a keen eye for talent, you know, and, and really let people write and perform and that type of thing, you know. Um, and he's he's got an interesting comic mind himself, Greg. So so that was fun.
0: When did you go to The Daily Show? Or when did you start doing stuff for them? The
1: Daily Show was around 2006. I was in a transition myself because I, I had started as a as a stand-up comic and performer and got into television writing producing because I felt like Hollywood would never find me. I was yeah. too specific in my type, you know, I wasn't ghetto, you know, and all that kind of stuff. That's and, interesting. Yeah. Like, what does yeah. too
0: specific, not too specific in your type even mean?
1: Well, I mean, Robert Townsend talked about this in Hollywood Shuffle where, uh, you know, that term urban, <laughs> you yeah. know, with the quotation marks, you had to be from the ghetto and that type of stuff, you know. And uh, Hollywood was really kind of putting black comics into one category, that Def Jam category, you know. Whereas when I was a kid, there were many types of different types of black comics. You know, Bill Cosby was the storyteller. Dick Greger was a political comic. Uh, you had uh, Red Fox, who was the, um, the party records type of comic. Kind of what was the, Jimmy the Walker? Way. Jimmy Walker, he was more of a traditional uh, uh, comedy club stand-up. With great you know? taste in writers. <laughs> yeah, like all like the
0: great comics for that yeah. era, wrote for Jimmy Walker.
1: Yeah, well, he was a he was a a joke teller type comic. Yeah, you know, he he really joke 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 joke. But then you had somebody like Godfrey Cambridge, who was more of a hipster during that time. You know, completely different. You know, Flip Wilson, who was more of a vaudevillian type. One of my first favorite slinger. celebrities. Oh, Flip Wilson the was Flip show. Yeah, was like was one of the idols, I think yeah. that
0: was like the first show I'd
1: yeah loved. A lot of great writers came out of there too. Yeah. So
0: it was hmm. a really crazy era for people behind the scenes yeah. who you're like wow that person was just a writer for the show oh yeah, yeah. And
1: it, like steve martin wrote on the smothers brothers jim brooks all and those albert people brooks. Yeah, yeah. yeah
0: albert brooks yeah. crazy um so then daily show happens
1: daily show happened when i was in the transition of wanting to perform again yeah you know and trying to figure out what i wanted to do and that was a great time because uh colbert had just left to do his show ed helms was going over to do the office and i was yeah. from the office going over to do the daily show oh, like it's like a prisoner exchange program <laughs> <you know? laughs> oliver had just started like maybe two weeks before i did um Asab manvi had just started rob Riggle had just started so daily shows making a lot of different moves at that point it was very exciting actually
0: is it weird that you and i mean it is weird that you and stewart both basically are sitting out this uh oh it's crazy this whole
1: Well, John's been doing his appearances on Colbert. I've once noticed Once a yeah. month yeah. Yeah, exactly. Because he's one of the exec producers actually right. on that he's show getting, too. He dips his foot you in know, every once in a exactly. while. Exactly. Um But when did your show when did it go away? Last August. Yeah.
0: And who knew that? Ugh.
1: Exactly. No, it kills me every day when I see all the things that are happening. It kills me. We've been die allowed a to discuss. Worse than the Lakers. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> We've been allowed to discuss. Although now it's like it's getting so crazy. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't even know what the like. If Stewart yeah. was on, I th- I actually think he would have an amazing amount of of uh yeah. Well, John sway. He, night he definitely to night has now. his
1: own take on stuff, and he's a big media critic as well. But I honestly believe you know there's a theory about multiverses out there. I think we're in one of those multiverses right now. Like, I don't think this really happened. It's just a multiverse. <laughs> oh yeah what, what is Trump the, thing that the famous
0: in? thing what's this called it's it has a name uh, this but, thing where you're you think something's happening but it's not happening you're actually in an alternate universe i can't yeah. remember there's like a yeah that's what the multiverse is yeah. you know
1: where there are different versions of reality and this is one of those versions i don't think it is the version though i think it's one of the alternate versions
0: so like we're on a blu-ray right now yeah I th- and somebody I think, pressed the wrong button
1: yeah it's like have you ever heard of missing time like when um when uh like you're walking somewhere and then you go, Wait, how did I get here? Like yeah. you've missed like maybe twenty seconds or something like that. And in that twenty seconds all kinds of shit could happen. <laughs> <You> right. <know? laughs> and who knows, there was like a glitch in the universe or something like that. Like that's where the multiverse can switch up and suddenly you're in a different uh reality. Well, okay. this is true by the way.
0: Would your show be different, the same? Like would you have I think every show it evolves.
1: It's hard to say. You know, I mean. Uh, we we would definitely not be running out of things to do. That's for sure. You yeah, know? it's hard to predict what you're going to do, but um, yeah. But I miss it and the people there and all that kind of stuff. And still trying to figure out ways to to weigh in. I was on Bill Marshall a few weeks ago. And I was, was going to ask you about that. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. They made some news. Yeah, kind of. Yeah.
0: Bad. bad. <laughs> Did the alt right come after you at all?
1: No, not yeah. at all. They actually went after Milo Yiannopoulos. Okay, uh, that's good for you. Yeah, but I don't give a shit. Nah, I'm like right. after
0: so I go after that yeah. guy. And stay away from me. I mean, that's
1: why I was sitting there, and he's like <laughs> saying, uh, "You need guests that don't have such low IQs and aren't so stupid." I'm like, I'm like, "Go fuck yourself!" <laughs> right. yeah, Who the fuck I'm are you? I'm a grown ass man. You're just gonna say some shit like that to me when I'm sitting here? What do you think this is exactly? Right? I mean, come on, Bill. Uh, uh, so, I mean, that wasn't even a political point at that at at that time, right? I was like, "Motherfucker, who are you talking to? I'm sitting right here. You think you could just say this to another human being, and I'm not going to reply? It would be beyond politics. <laughs> he thought at that he point. was like
0: typing it on a message board and not actually saying I it guess. to your face. Yeah,
1: this isn't Breitbart, motherfucker. Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah we're not on a message board. So you you created Blackish? No, I did not create or, Blackish. No no, no,
1: no, no, no. Kenya Bears created Blackish, and I was there. You there. shepherded Blackish. Yes, I was there helping to produce the pilot and the first few episodes. I co-created Insecure, which is on HBO. Yeah, yeah. With Issa Rae, yeah.
0: and now you're. Now, I'm some other stuff. working
1: on a spinoff of Blackish, a college show with uh, Yara uh, Shahidi, the, um, the girl. We uh, should say
0: she's the oldest daughter. She is the oldest the daughter. Wafer. Right?
1: And uh, she's, uh, she's very talented, and that's going to be a lot of fun, kind of a college show. And uh, so, working on something with Rob Riggle right now, too. Huh. A multicam over at ABC, so that's fun.
0: So, a college show. Yeah. With a black freshman who's a girl. Um, it's going to get compared to a different world.
1: Um, possibly, possibly, but it's
0: but it's not going to be a different world because that was thirty years ago.
1: Correct. Right. Yeah. I thought. I think there should be more <laughs> college shows. You think so?
0: Just in general. Yeah, I, yeah. The the two things that aren't on TV that I never understand are mm-hmm. that, mo- you know, most people went to college and can relate to some sort of variation yeah. of some college story. And then I always thought like grad school, law school, medical school, yeah. those whole worlds I'm always fascinated by too. And yet mm-hmm. you turn on NBC and there's there's an entire night of Chicago shows. Yeah. <laughs> there's Chicago law. No, Chicago. Yeah. If there's a law, there's a there's a medical, yeah, there's a fire
1: PD, and a police. Yeah. Right.
0: And I, there's one night where all three of them are on, and it's just Chicago on, on your cable guy, it's just Chicago, Chicago, Chicago for three yeah. hours. I mean, Tommy fucking loves it because he's
1: from Chicago.
0: Right. My family's but, from
1: Evanston, so there you go.
0: But there's four Chicago shows. Yeah. But we right. can't have one college show? I'm glad you're doing this. But
1: you want more Boston shows? Yeah. Nah,
0: Boston's, Boston's <laughs> too polarizer. Chicago's the middle of America. <laughs> oh,
1: Chicago's not polarizing no, at all. <laughs> Chicago's right between the West Coast and the East Coast. It's a little right. more middle of
0: America. Yeah. I think that's why they do it.
1: Well, you'll always have cop shows top shows will always be on television because there's I mean, always think conflict about it man there.
0: it's been since the mod but, squad in the 70s yeah but
1: what's the conflict in grad school oh i hope i get my theses done in time grad I've got school not, i've got two years to get this done what's gonna happen dun, dun, dun.
0: grad school mm-hmm. all right i'm gonna answer that question mm-hmm. um competition yeah
1: well i mean what's the difference between
0: grad school and college it's the same same thing. They're away somewhere just being competitive, and they're in this... They're, they're friends. Yeah,
1: but you you haven't had your dreams crushed yet when you first start college. <laughs> you know, you're still kind of innocent. That's a fair point. Yeah, you know, looking at the world a certain way. You're so more specific in grad school, I think. Post-college, you're just...
0: There could be like a you student loan show. Going yeah, on. there's just you're paying back your student loans. Oh, I like That's that. the whole show.
1: We should do that. Yeah, I like <laughs> that a lot. It's a 10% interest. <laughs> this is how shows get created. <laughs> Pay so, That Shit Back would be the name of it. Yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> Tonight on Pay That Shit Back. <laughs> or it's called Get In Line, bitches.
0: <laughs> so you go to these meetings...
1: Which meetings are you talking about I don't about know, now?
0: when you go pitch these shows.
1: Okay. Now you're asking, how does it work? Is that no, because I know how it works, but okay. I want to go through it. Okay. So you, you go can't.
0: in, do you go with one hard idea, or do you have... You mean like, in general? Yeah. Do you have the one good idea... And then the two in the back pocket that throw out in case they, you yeah, it's like, like the that way that they We respond. don't like that. Wait, wait, wait. I got yeah, yeah, yeah. some others. Wait,
1: cool. grad school. Don't leave yet. <laughs> so fascinated
0: by grad school.
1: Grad school. Bam. What's the process? It's different for every situation. Usually when you're pitching something, it's a very formal process. You set up a meeting. You're going in with a certain idea. And usually they've kind of heard about it already. Yeah. And you make a formal pitch. Um, I've done informal pitching over the years and that type of thing. Which is more of a kind of an interesting thing where you just kind of informally, like if you're already in a relationship with the studio or network or that kind of thing. Um, back when I was um, at NBC, before I did The Office, uh, Kevin Riley had just taken over and I was uh, running Whoopi Goldberg show at the time in New York. Uh, she had a show on NBC. It was kind of a political show, actually. It was, it was a lot of fun. Yeah. And uh, she was, like, running a hotel or something. We did a lot of terrorist jokes. It was after nine eleven, that kind of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> but it was fun. It was actually a lot of fun. And uh, we went out to dinner, and he was saying, uh, I had mentioned that I was working on an idea, and he said... Um, but I wanted to really kind of form it and work it out before I went in and pitch, and and he said, "Oh, what is this idea you've been thinking?" I said, "Well, I'm not really ready to pitch it." He said, "Oh, well, just tell me. You don't have to pitch it. Just give me a little bit." And I said, "Well, okay." And I just told him like the one line, and he goes sold, and I go, "Really? <laughs> wow, that's great." You know, and ended up making a pilot just from that one meeting. So that wasn't a formal pitch.
0: They always say if just, you can describe the show in one pitch, in I one that, sentence, finally. it has a better chance.
1: I believe that completely. In fact, I work with writers and that kind of stuff too, and I always try to get them to describe their show in a sentence or two and tell me what it's about. And I think the more you can do that, the more clarity you have about that, the easier it is not only to write it but to tell other people what it is. So
0: what's insecure in one in one sentence?
1: A woman that isn't quite sure who she is or where she's going, you know, and she's at, you know, that point in her life. That's where we started from and wrote the show out of that. Bernie Mac's show was um, children are terrorists. I don't negotiate with terrorists. You know, <laughs> it was like, it was really that simple. And that, that idea is in the DNA of every scene of the Bernie Mac show. Like there are terrorists go- committing terrorist acts right now, but I am not negotiating with them. Usually, with, My usually job the is to end off. the terrorism. <laughs> yes, yes, That's exactly right. And that's what that show is about. You know? So if anytime you can find that, then, you know, you have something at least compelling, to write stories about, you know. Um in blackish, some of it was that's my kids aren't black. <laughs> you know <Yeah. laughs> you know, that's not the black that I know. It was in that arena, you know, and that was compelling, you know, because it's like their story is not my story. And you can write stories about that. It becomes universal. Every parent can relate to their child having a different story than they now have, you know I was amazed that my
0: kids found blackish on Hulu. Yeah. Started watching it and kept watching it compared to all the crap that they watched. Yeah. And I was, like, so happy. I was, like, oh, this is actually a good show that you'll get to learn yeah. learn things from and characters that, you know, right. versus, like, the Disney Channel shows <laughs> where it's, like, my yeah. nanny is also an alien. And, you know, all these stupid <laughs> well, things Black-ish, that they watch.
1: I, you know, Kenya and the crew over there, man, they've, what's special about that show to me, there's the content of it with some of the social issues and stuff, but it's an amazing cast. Yeah. I mean, Tracy Ellis Ross, to me, was hiding in plain sight, you know where a lot of the business did not see how brilliant she was, you know? And Anthony had had
0: everybody knew, but he just hadn't found the red show. It was one of those.
1: And Anthony is so talented. He's able to do both drama and comedy. He did this turn on the shield where he played this drug dealer. Oh my God. I mean, I was scared just looking at him there and Anthony, he's so talented. He's just very, very funny too. And them as the co-leads are such a winning combination And you just start adding people to that. And you get to have Lawrence Fishburne on your sitcom. You have Morpheus. Morpheus is on your sitcom, for God's sakes. Did you know he was the number one
0: choice for the Sam Jackson role in Pulp Fiction? No, I didn't know. There was this sheet that came out about, uh, it was Tarantino's wish list for the parts. Right. And it was Fishburne for the Sam Jackson part. I was like, wow, it's a good movie, what if? Yeah. What's that movie like with Fishburne in that, 1994 Fishburne in that role? I, I still think I'd, I don't it's hard to think of
1: anyone else than I Sam Jackson that so like, kind of belongs. And their to him. chemistry, he and Travolta, yeah, and Travolta had Travolta. an amazing amount of chemistry. Travolta—that's his. It's its own podcast. Oh, have you ever had him on? No, I would to? love to. I would you love. You should to just talk go to through. my like movies. Travolta. That'd be fun. I also—he's an interesting guy.
0: My experience with Travolta dates basically my entire life because he was Vinnie Barbarino, right. And yeah. he was the boy in the plastic bubble in the TV yeah, movie. Yeah, I know, and, that's yeah, right, yes. Couldn't, couldn't get out of the bubble. Yes, that's right. He sang, and then he was at Saturday Night Fever, and then all of a sudden he became the most Urban famous Cowboy, person in America. Yeah. Then he tailed off, and then he came back.
1: Yeah. Then he
0: made a bunch of bad action movies that I, I love. Know. Broken Arrow and Con Air. I have a theory about,
1: about stars, though. I think if you've been a star, as opposed to just a good actor, but if you've been a star... I think there's something about that quality that can always be reignited at some point because there's just, because there's just something about it that is just mysterious, you know, but it just takes the right thing. But I think a star never loses that.
0: I think that was Tarantino's logic with Travolta. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I remember him talking about that in the mid nineties, just like, guy was one of the biggest stars yeah. of my of my life mm-hmm. and I just felt like it couldn't have be gone. Yeah. It can be gone if there's drugs. Like I think Richard yeah, Pryor drugs. Right yeah, that's true. That's true. Of, by 82, 83, Richard I Pryor was like, that
1: was sad. But he also had MS and that was taking its toll, yeah. Yeah. Cocaine uh I know. This cocaine from 77 to 80. Podcast, yeah, this right. is <laughs> No, the sad part is we're going to
0: end it with uh Do you want to talk? Can we talk about the country for 2 minutes? Sure. Anything. Anything that uh As you watch this, we're, Mm -hmm. what, at like day 60? What's your biggest fear right now?
1: Well, my biggest um, fear is that we have someone leading the country that is, to me, making an assault on just the truth. You Yeah. And a lot of it is the casual lying, that it creates this exhaustive type of fact-checking that people become uninterested in and, uh, you know... To not have the confidence in our leader that there that we can even suspend our disbelief that they'd be telling the truth, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and just to have that wiped away and just to not be able to put your faith in somebody whether you agree with them or not, you know, is just a sad point to me. It's just sad, you know.
0: And that's I and I agree. And that's not even number one for me. Yeah. At the 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 just overall security. Yeah. And you read about, oh, things are really deteriorating fast with North Korea. It's like, well, yeah. that seems right. awful. Yeah. You know, and you and it's the foreign policy stuff that scares me the it most. It scares me the
1: most, too, because I, I said that when he was running, I said he's an existential threat to the United States of America. But I've amended that, and I believe he's an existential threat to the safety and security of the free world. So um, it's starting just to... Just his comments about NATO. Look at the way he treated uh, Merkel. Yeah. Yeah. Do we have a more important ally in Europe than Germany right now? Yeah. I don't think so. Um, I I mean, the carelessness and the thoughtlessness. I mean, when you look at somebody like a Lindsey Graham, who is very thoughtful, you know, and is very intelligent. And his, you could just see his disdain for, for Trumpism as he's talking. And he's trying to be a loyal member of his party and everything. And it's like, I wish we would get more people like that, too. Um, on the same side it's not going to take the opposition god bless the resistance and all that but it, it's going to take people honorable people on that side of the aisle to call a spade a spade and to call this out
0: also when you when you look like a complete mess from the outside yeah that makes you vulnerable because yeah. now these other the, if you, if you're a country that's like man this could be the time for us to make a move
1: and all the the uh when you see the people who try to defend him, like Sean Spicer, like he's playing a game of Twister all the time. You yeah. know? It's so sad. And they just get reduced to nothing. After a while, he's just going to be kicked to the curb, and he's going to be worthless in any arena, because he will have lost all credibility. He doesn't and by that, that time, yet. the administration won't even care. You know, He'll be just on Chris Christie's then. sports radio show. Yes, and they Replace don't even care like about... Francesa. Know. <laughs> they don't even care about Christie anymore. He's just gone, right? I always think a I mean, good
0: rule with with this stuff is... It's the old Reagan question of mm-hmm. are you is your life better than it was 4 years ago yeah. which is how he won in 1980 but right the, like the the cousin of that is do you feel safer than you did 3 months ago I don't I don't I care don't, what side you're feel on feel there's no way anyone feels safer right now than they did 3 months ago I don't feel ago.
1: safe with the country in his hands Look at least Ronald Reagan he had run a state he was a he had an ideology that you could agree with or disagree with Yeah but his his uh governing was built on that ideology. that's what he ran on. you know Trump's ideology is being a narcissistic sociopath <laughs> i mean that's all it is it's trumpism it I don't think it has anything to do with governing or America or anything. That's my personal belief
0: it's It was very strange to see how obsessed he was with the voter voter fraud angle during a time when he's putting yeah. together his his cabinet, yeah. what what his first hundred days are going to look like. Right. And he's still worried about people thinking that, you know, the election. It's like, why do you care? You won.
1: right? Put it's, your cabinet
0: together. Yeah, Run the like, country.
1: It's like trying to reason with the hoarder, you know, <laughs> <laughs> when, you're, when you're talking from. It's the same mentality. They they won't throw anything out. They don't understand. They have this illogical connection to trash, you yeah. know. Which, if, I, if you...
0: If I gave you over or under 2019 he's still the president, would you go over or
1: under? What what does over and under mean in that context? Over I mean, means he's, he's still out of the president. Office. God That's a tough one, man. Because the people who support him kind of do it blindly, it seems like, you know. But we'll see what happens with uh with the healthcare right now. That may yeah. make the difference. I mean, people forget it was Healthcare care and the economy that caused that big swing in the 2010 election more than anything else and the economy was still recovering at that point you know um even though the economy is doing well if a lot of people are losing their health care and those people that supported him that can make a big difference but the only problem is i don't know who's on deck for the opposing party answer nobody they're like the lakers <laughs> i know it's like I it think comes sure... back around to the lakers they are but the Problem is there's nobody in the draft though. That's yeah. the problem. I think
0: Jordan Clarkson could be a starter. It's like now he's settled down. No. He
1: yeah. cannot. We agree on that. Yeah, yeah. He's a good role player. I ain't mad at Clarkson. Clarkson you, and Nance, I think, are good Lakers to come off the bench on a good Laker team.
0: I don't I thought the Russell pick and the Ingram pick are that's fine. Maybe you'd take Porzingis over Russell if you did it over again. Ingram, it wasn't the draft wasn't that great. Yeah. It's I'm just weird even. that they don't have a guaranteed all star yet. No, nope. go through the roster. It's like, oh, that guy's a hundred percent. I bet my life that mm-hmm. guy's gonna be an all-star team, barring injury. You wouldn't pick anyone.
1: Julius Random, Random Ingram is what I call him. You never know what's gonna happen with them. Just yeah. Random. You know, <laughs> it's tough to break <laughs> your leg in your first NBA game. I'm not mad. Ju- he's he's not a no, bad I'm player. He's a bad omen. He's just kind of reckless. Yeah, it was almost a Clippers thing that was yeah, happening it really to was, us. Yeah,
0: it's amazing he wasn't on the Clippers when it happened. No,
1: he should have been. But yeah. how about Sean Livingston? That happened to him, and I'm so happy for his career right now. Amazing. Yeah. That's a I mean, a good it was like his that.
0: knee, it
1: exploded. I know. that was, It was the worst I
0: mean, knee injury that's ever happened. Is it? Pretty much. And th-
1: to come back from it. Right? He
0: almost had to have his leg amputated, so wow. that's got to be, like, when you like, your arteries are basically in trouble, that's a bad right, injury. Right, right. Yeah, he tore every knee ligament.
1: What's yeah. the worst injury to end a career, do you think?
0: I mean, probably the guys who get, like, paralyzed. But,
1: yeah, that's true. I mean, outside outside of complete paralysis (laughs) and death. I guess it's someone dying in a boxing ring, Larry, who would be the worst injury. Uh, I think one of the most fucked up ones was the Bo Jackson one. Oh, yeah. Because it was so hard to understand how it happened, you know. And it was the weirdest type of dilemma you know where blood wasn't getting to a certain part of his hip and it was something. also like
0: it was an injury that only could have happened to him because anyone yeah. else gets the hit and just falls over yeah. but he was superhuman so his, his legs kind of still going because it's not he's not a real
1: and it took away this unstoppable force for all of us I too that that's so one of my saddest sad. ones that's one of the saddest ones yeah doc I gooden's
0: way up there for me too
1: well doc gooden's injury
0: no just that Doc well, Gooden, the the cocaine. He had more of a fall. That's what yeah. I mean. The, yeah. I'm just talking about guys who should have been better than they yeah. were. Yeah. Bo's that's way true. up there, but Doc is like, I just feel like Doc Gooden should have so won 500 potential. games.
1: Yeah.
0: Would have been awesome. There's been a lot of basketball guys too, obviously. Oh yeah, absolutely. Now it seems like all the basketball guys have their shit together. I think they do a nice job of prepping them when they get in the league. I think the older guys take care of the younger guys. Mm-hmm. I think. They're smarter about having good people around them. Yeah, Mm -hmm. they don't make too much money right away, so they don't lose their minds like the guys in the nineties. And just seems like, and also really seems like an unusually aware, smart group of guys. Like Mm -hmm. you compare them to other sports, and it's like I think basketball has the smartest guys. I don't that certainly wasn't the case Mm -hmm. always, but now I think like
1: well, they have the most leverage. I think that helps because of the CBA and because. The basketball player is more, I'm trying to think of the other sports right now, arguably more than any other sport, an individual can turn a game in a bigger way than any other sport, game after game. Yes. You know, you have a pitcher in baseball can do it, but he's playing once every four or five games, you know.
0: And it's the most marketable, mm. too.
1: Absolutely, without a doubt.
0: The NBA is such a naked sport. The guys are just there. Yeah. They're, they're little sleeveless jerseys and their right. shorts and they're on TV, close-ups constantly. And Should we just bring, bring the short shorts guys. back? We, we should not. We should not. Maybe Lonzo Ball, that'll be one of his gimmicks wow, for could the he bring, Triple
1: B. If he, if he started wearing short shorts, would other people start doing it? LeVar Ball's like, we bring bringing short shorts back. <laughs> it's a billion dollar industry. <laughs> that would be awesome. I would love to see that.
0: Larry Wilmore, a pleasure as Thanks, always. Bailey. Great to see you. My pleasure, man. Um, I look forward to checking in with you after the lottery.
1: Can't wait. Yeah. I love that you just
0: assume that you get the top three pick is my favorite part of this podcast. It's
1: it doesn't make me happy. I'm not a person I don't want to get those picks the way that we're getting it. Okay. Yeah. All right. Larry Wilmore, thank you. Sorry. I like winning. Thank you. You know. Uh thanks to Seeky.
0: <laughs> thanks to Meandys. Thanks to Lyft. Thanks to Boogs.com. Thanks to No Man's Land by David Baldacci. Thanks to Pearl Jam, and thanks to Larry Wilmore. Back on Friday with one more BS podcast. Until then.
2: So